Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Sergeant First Class John Valentine. Welcome to the Veterans Be Real podcast. Here's where we try to keep it real and do our best to help all our fellow veterans out there. This podcast will hopefully open our veterans' eyes into the transition and challenges they are facing and give them some guidance along the way. Please subscribe and download our podcast. We look forward to you, your insight, and your loyalty. Thanks for listening. And now, here's Veterans Be Real. Because we are the brave. Yes, we are the brave. We'll fight you in the name of the brave. We are the USA. For those unaware, that flag is still there. It's our future to save. Stand of the brave, the USA. All right, good morning, Veteran Be Real listeners, or good evening, or good afternoon, depending on where you are and what time you're listening to this. It's Sergeant Be Real. I'm back here now today. I got Denny. Denny is a veteran, Army vet. He's an Army vet. He runs OP Vet. He's, this guy does a ton of shit, man. He's about 45 minutes south of me, all right? So he's near, he's near and dear to my heart because we worked together before in the past. He's a good guy. He does a great event there every year and everything. There's a lot of great stuff. But Denny's going to talk to you a little bit about his time in the military and then what he's doing now and then how he transitioned out of the military and what kind of challenges he might have faced. So Denny, the floor is yours, my friend. Hey, so, hey, Nick, thank you for having me on. Like I said, I'm an Army veteran. I actually started in the Army National Guard uh, as a tanker, as a 19 kilo. <laughs> Served part-time for about seven years. Then actually was selected to do AGR recruiting. Did that for about a year and a half to two years. And then 9-11 happened and a plane dropped out of the sky 45 minutes from where I stood. So about as far as I am from you right now is where Shanksville, Pennsylvania is yep. to me. And so being at that time, being 25, yeah, 25, yeah, about 25 years old, the last thing I wanted to do was sit behind a recruiting desk when our nation was under attack. So I went to, you know, went to see the regular army recruiter. Hey, you know, I, I want to stay a sergeant. I want to stay a 19 kilo. I want to go to Germany. Well, how bad do you want to stay a sergeant? <laughs> so I got a list of MOSs that I was less than thrilled about, but I ended up picking one. I had actually put a couple people in as couple cooperations. They seemed to really enjoy it. So I went from being a 19 kilo to being a 54 Bravo and then, well, 74 Delta. They changed it. And I you know, went to the Army in 2002. Initially, um, Deployed in 2003 for the invasion. It was 7th Chemical Company. Came back, PCS to Fort Hood, then deployed again in 0506 with 710 Cav 4ID. And then I spent the next, what, five years, five, six years trying to go back. But never happened again. So, but I ended up getting out in 2012 on a medical. My niece said they were finally done. Yeah, so, been there. Yeah, and literally, I mean... <laughs> It would, you know, with with the medical discharge, it's you don't have a timetable to plan your transition. Yep. It's pretty much, hey, take your phase one physical. A couple months later, hey, take your phase two physical. We'll let you know when it's approved, right? And then so like four months after that, hey, it's approved. Here's your orders. You got 30 days to get the hell out of here, right? And that's literally what it was. And so I was stationed at Schofield Barracks. And the plan at the time is, you know, I was clearing was I was going to go back to school. I was going to get out. My wife and I, we were going to settle along the Gulf Coast close to her family. I was going to go to school and live on the Gulf Coast. Right. And then literally we were in the school field in. I was we already cleared housing, everything like that. 
my wife got contacted by her old employer that she worked for before we left Fort Hood. And then a buddy of mine I was stationed with, he had gotten out and he said, you know, I posted on Facebook, hey, got my 214, woo, or whatever. And he was like, give me, you know, hey, I might have a lead on a job or, you know, give me a call. Before I could even literally log out of Facebook and call him, he called me. And, you know, he told me about this thing called project management. And I never heard of project management. He said, well, you know, he'd be managing projects, building servers. I'm like, well, a server's, you know, someone that's bringing me my beer at a bar. Right. And so that, that's how much I knew about IT at the time. And oh, shit, you, you, you think I'm joking. You no, think I don't I'm think joking. you're joking. That's the funny part. I don't think you're joking. I think you're being serious. But... <laughs> Project management, you know, the PMBOK, the, you know, there's a professional association built around project management and the PMBOK, the PIM, uh, project management body of knowledge is actually based upon the military decision making process. Right. And so like when I was going for my PMP certification, project management professional certification, I literally used battle staff as my professional development and project management. So and a lot of my project management hours were based upon projects that I managed in the army, whereas running a range or, you know, whatever. Yep. So it's literally the stuff that we do in the army or the military, you know, developing a plan, developing a timeline, identifying resources and executing according to that plan. That's literally what project management is adding in budget. So, and I've really been doing that ever since, you know, I, I spent, five years with the same employer. And then I, you know, have been, you know, I, I've changed employers a couple of times to kind of progress up that monetary chain as my experience has increased. So from a professional transition, I've been very fortunate, you know, and I think that one of the big things about when we talk about military transition, we're always focusing on getting a job out of the military. That to me is only 50%. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you know, as a career soldier, yep. you know, you were starting for his Valentine for how long? Right. I was Staff Sergeant Tony for how long? Yeah, 10 years yeah. is a new seven now. So. Right. So, you know, that identity, right, and that mission focus, that became a large part of who who we were. Yep. Right. And then all of a sudden you get handed a piece of paper, you get handed a flag, and then, oh, hey, yeah. you're, dead, you're Nick. Yeah. Well, who the hell was that? Deuces. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who, who the hell's Denny? I, I had no clue. Right. And I mean, like a year or two or about a year before I got out, I ended up joining a, a veteran motorcycle club. And, and I mean, it was fun while I was on island in Hawaii and I come to Texas and completely different set of rules. But I was for, you know, I bring that up because I was fortunate to where I got out. I come to a brand new area. And I have five guys around me, you know, all you know, all the time. You know, five veterans around me all the time to talk to, to to do all that, right? And then I had a a mission of veterans helping veterans already in place. Yep. So I went from a military structure in the army to a military like structure in a veterans club, right? And adopting a new mission. So the emotional transition didn't really hit until. I just, you know, I, with where my career was and, you know, us wanting to focus on having children and everything like that, it was time for me to roll my cut. And that's, that's when I realized that 
I didn't, I didn't really didn't know who the hell I was. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, got the, you know, I got the nickname rooster from my time in the club and that stuck, but, you know, trying to figure out who I was, what I really, really, really actually wanted to do with my life. I hadn't figured it out, you know, and I mean, I, it was literally, you know, and I gone, you know, I had been identified with PTSD and all that. And I actually ended up getting treatment through a private organization, Corporal Chad Olichlager Foundation. So that's when I started learning actually about different organizations that were out there. You know, know, I wasn't really necessarily plugged into a veteran community per se. I was plugged into a community that was predominantly veteran. So there's a difference. And so, you know, my time with the club was up and honestly, man, I was lost. I remember taking a trip to Pennsylvania and we were, I mean, my wife and I, we were going on what, about six, six or seven years of having difficulty uh, conceiving. I was having conflict at work. Again, the, the, the time with the, the club was, you know, at its end. And I, you know, that those that overall concept of thwarted belonging, not knowing where I fit in, and mm-hmm. then perceived burdensomeness. I took a road, motorcycle trip up to Pennsylvania to help my brother get my mother's house put on the market or my parents' house put on the market. And I had actually intended on that being a one-way trip. Right. Uh, you know, and why would I had already planned on a buddy of mine who was stationed within Hawaii. He's from Pennsylvania. So when I was up there, I went and visited him and we ended up putting ape hangers and uh, metal grips on my, on my road king that I had. And that's literally what saved my life. Cause my intent was to leave Pennsylvania, stop for the night and do the deed. Right. But when you, <laughs> when you, when you ride about 700 miles with metal uh, grips, <laughs> your hands kind of go numb, right? And uh, I, I, I mean, honestly, I literally did not have the tensile strength in my hands. I had temporary neuropathy. I didn't have the tensile strength to hold a pen and sign my name on a hotel receipt, let alone hold a pistol to my head and squeeze the trigger. There you go. I literally could not grip it. And those grips and that uh, are, are what saved my life. And but so I got back and over the course of four or five months, all the things that were weighing me down so much that got me to that point uh, seemed to resolve. You know, my, you know, my wife and I were finally able to, you know, I was able to put steel on target and we conceived our son. We had him, you know, the, the com- a lot of the conflicts I had was having at work was got resolved. And, you know, about what's a few months after, after that all happened, I started planning the first spring kickoff. That's what led to OP Veteran. The the and what I what the spring kickoff was. It was basically just a simple outdoor barbecue with a band and a raffle to raise funds and awareness for the Chad O Foundation because they helped me, right? And I want you know and I want to give back. That sense of contributing back to something larger than just myself and contributing back to a community and empowering that organization to be able to continue their mission. I found a passion for, right? A passion for help building up the veteran community. And so again, along the way of planning all of that spring kickoff event and afterwards and the networking, you know, that comes with that type of stuff. I learned more and more about different organizations that were out there that I had no clue about. I mean, these are, you know, big organizations like irreverent warriors and make a vet sweat, Mm you know, operation supply drop, all, you know, all these big organizations in the Austin, Texas area that I never heard of, right? You know, some of them are nationwide. 
And so I'm like, if I don't know about these organizations, there's other veterans out there that don't know about these organizations. So why don't I put something together that brings together all these different organizations to educate veterans about what services are out there and then what volunteer opportunities are out there? You know, how can I get involved and find a post-military passion and purpose again? So that's what the first Vet Fest was. And then, you know, the response that we got from the first Vet Fest and the desire to continue it, that's why we formed OP, OP Veteran, right? Yeah. Um, and it's just continued to, to grow and everything like that ever since. It's definitely grown. I know that because in the two or three years I've known you, you know, the events we've been to have been huge. I mean, there's a lot of nonprofits there, a lot of veteran organizations there. So it's been tremendous. I mean, you've grown. I mean, it's grown. I mean, it's becoming one of the biggest veteran things in the state, I think, in Texas, actually. One of the biggest ones I think there is as far as bringing Yeah, I mean, I'm not aware of, I mean, like when we started, first Vet Fest was, I think, like 47, 47, 48 different nonprofits and veteran-owned businesses. Last year we were right at 150. Yeah. It's it's grown a lot. I mean, I'm well, very thankful. For it. Yeah, and it's got a really good reputation now, and everything's. I mean, it's growing. It's taking off. So it's it's becoming very very beneficial for the state of Texas for sure. And that's I mean that's what we're driving towards now, right? You know, with the Rona this past spring, you know, the, all the lockdowns and businesses being shut down, our normal spring event, the spring kickoff event, we actually had to do an an online telethon type of thing. So we were. You know, there was five, six of us or whatever up in my game room <laughs> putting this on. And then we had Adam Berry patched in, or he was actually here. And then we, we had different Darren McGill and Deanna Wheeler patched in at various times throughout the night. We did like the old school, you know, America Heart Association telethon type of thing. So, but I mean, we were able to, you know, do a good thing, do a real good thing for the, for the Heart Foundation this, this year. I mean, we think we... The beneficiary package was valued at about $10,000. So, I mean, I'll call that a, a uh, success any day of the week, twice on Sunday during a pandemic. So, yeah, 10, uh, 10 times on Sunday. Yeah. I can feel, I feel that pain because I know we've been doing the same thing to our OPS, you know, trying to, trying to get through and make sure, make sure we can stay open and keep helping with food and all the stuff we do down here. So, it's a, it's the nut roll, man. I mean, this yeah. pandemic has really hammered nonprofits big time. You know what I'm saying? So, it's, it's been a challenge. That's for sure. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the big thing why we're, you know, driving hard, so hard to put VetFest on again this year. Because, I mean, let's face it, it's, you know, literally free marketing for veteran nonprofits and veteran-owned businesses. Big time. You know, it's it's a large outdoor event. It's probably, like you said, it's probably one of the, the largest outdoor veteran event across the state. Yeah. I it, you know, so, I mean, it's, again, I'm thankful for what it's grown into. But, I mean, like we said, that's free marketing. I mean, we have nonprofits and veteran-owned businesses from across the state and actually across the country now coming yeah, in. I remember last time there was a guy from Missouri there. He was right next to my tent because I was there. And he was there yeah, from Missouri. And I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah. And we, we had we had Dogs of War there from Missouri. We had Brandon Cox down from Ohio. He's in a veteran-owned business owner. He's an accountant. We had Liberty Bells or Liberty Dolls. Brianna, she's out of Arizona or had been. I think she's actually relocating. But I mean, so from all over and it's, it's all about serving the folks out there. So, yeah. you know, again, it's that drive to make it bigger and better every year is, you know, you know, that's where we're at right now is trying to, you know, do the engagement with uh, community sponsors and partners to put this thing on to be a success. I mean, it was last year, including in-kind donations, it was about a $25,000 event. I mean, with, with the music, the sound, the life support, all the stuff we give away. 
to all the veterans that come in. I mean, it's a huge expense. And again, this year, you know, we're we're driving towards a bigger event. So, you know, we've we relaxed our fundraising during the hardest part of the lockdowns because we understand people are out of work and everything like that. Yep. Um, and there's a lot of folks that are that have, you know, a lot of nonprofits that have brick and mortars that, that they have to keep open, right, in order to continue to serve. Yep. Um, that's what that feeling. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's why we kind of slowed down our, you know, our, our fundraising for ourselves during that time. But, you know, now we got to kick it into high gear. So, you know, there's, we have different sponsorship tiers, different benefits of, of each, but, you know, it, it's a great event to be, to be a part of and to have your name attached to. Yeah. And for all you out there listening, if you're a veteran owned business or you happen to be a veteran nonprofit, whatever it might be, all the contact information for Denny and his team will be on his, on his episode launch on our website, on our Facebook page. So, and because I know me personally, I'm always involved in vet festival. I'll be again, I'll be there again this year. Uh, we'll be a sponsor again, like we were last year. So we do everything we can to help Denny and what his mission is and trying to get all these veteran owned businesses out there so they can get some publicity, they can get some visibility. All that stuff is out there. So you guys listening out there right now, just know that OP Vet and these guys that do this, it's called Vet Fest, right? What is it? Vet Fest? It's going to be Vet Fest 6, isn't it? Five or six? Right? It's going to be five. And we are, we are actually, we're tweaking the name a little bit, Uh-oh. right? Okay. And I, when we came up, you know, years ago, back in 2016, we're, okay, what are we going to call this thing? What are we going to call this event? Vet Palooza, Vet, vet Stock. Well, we don't, we're not having any bands or anything. So why don't we just call it Vet Fest? Well, okay. There's no no vet fest around. Five years later, there's like a thousand different vet fests across the country. Uh, not, and each one of them are different, right? I mean, it's yeah. not a it's not a huge leap to come up with that name, right? Right. But and a lot of people already call it OP Vet Fest. Mm-hmm. So that's just to distinguish ourselves. We're, you know, OP Vet Fest Five. So yeah, OP, well, hell, at OP, I mean, that's what you guys are doing, it, man. So yeah, that's yeah, that's, so, that's a great name. Uh, well, everybody, it's OP Vet Fest Five. Okay, so we get it. So if you're interested, hey, if you're a listener too, and you're a veteran-owned business and you're doing all well, you're doing pretty well. Reach out to Denny. He needs sponsors for this, man, because he does stuff for all the guys that sign up and pay to be there. He gives them little, you know, little bags of stuff, little knickknacks and stuff like that. So it helps him, you know, fill those bags up. We can get some of you, you know, I'm sure if you talk to Denny, you get some of your own promotional shit in those bags, whatever. But just reach out to them, think about it. I'm sure they're going to probably do it later in the fall or at the end of summertime when you know the COVID thing kind of relaxes a little bit more and we can get more more people in an area. But I know last year it was an amazing event, man. It was fantastic. We were there all day. It was it was great. It was hundreds of people there walking through the you know the sites and like you said, there's 150 vendors there, so there was vendors everywhere. Plus, if you're a veteran-owned business or a nonprofit, it's a great networking event for you. All right. I took advantage of it. I walked around handing out business cards. Let people know what I did. I found out what they did to see if there's any way we can partner up later on and help each other. So it's a great networking event too. So Denny puts this all in place. He gets a great bunch of volunteers that go and lay this all out for you guys. So just, it's a great event. So if you're in Texas, for sure, but even if you're not in Texas, you heard there's guys from Ohio, Missouri, people flew in, they drove in, whatever, you can come. So just reach out, check out the website, our Facebook page. It'll be on Denny's episode release. All that context will be on his episode release thing once we get everything set up with Denny, all right? So Denny, other than me just promoting the shit out of your OP Vet Fest, let's talk about is there anything else out there as us as veterans and active duty community can do to help support OP Veteran and you and your team and what you guys are doing? Yeah, and I mean, and to be clear, OP Vet Fest 5 is already set. It's October 24th. 24th. We are holding it in conjunction with the Irreverent Warriors Round Rock Silkies hike. They'll start at the Vet Fest site and then finish off at the Vet Fest site. We like to partner a lot with the Reverend Warriors. They're very near and dear to our heart. 
And our registration system this year is a little more interactive uh, than in previous years. It's a lot like when you go online to buy a movie movie theater ticket, right? You get to pick your seat. Well, based upon whether, you know, what sponsorship tier or even if you don't, you're not a sponsor if, as a veteran nonprofit or veteran owned business, you don't necessarily have to pay anything to be a part of this event, right? The goal is to, you know, charge every single veteran nonprofit or veteran owned business out there because a lot of them are smaller or a lot of them are growing, right? The event is by and large paid for those paid for by those veteran owned businesses and veteran nonprofits that are a little bit more established and understand the importance of networking, of community, of intersecting our fields of fire, right? So to be clear, right? So, you know, if if I'm a small veteran nonprofit, I don't have a budget, I pick a 10 by 10 spot, I get to pick, hey, I want this spot or, hey, I want to, you know, we're, you know, 2020, this has been a good year for us and we got, you know, we, we want to be a, you know, $5,000 Abrams level sponsor. Hey, I get to, I can pick any spot in this area, you know, on the map, right? So it's pretty neat. We had the school develop the the front end and back end of that registration process. They don't they donated that work to us, so we're very thankful for for them and the work they've they put into it. So, but in regards to helping support OP veteran, there's there's a multitude of things you can do, right? You know, we have our swag online on our website opveteran.org. We also have a our own coffee roast, a veteran-owned coffee roast. Imagine that. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's produced for us by another veteran-owned coffee roasting company, Salt Flat Coffee. But we have our own canteen cup coffee, and it's you know like you, it's a fundraising mechanism for us. It's our Girl Scout cookie, right? Yep. So we're not a coffee company. It's our Girl Scout cookie. It helps us raise funds for the organization. Now, yet another way to coming uh, soon though for OP veterans going to be a some type of liquor spirit because I own a liquor company and a, and a wholesale company. I'm going to get Denny to get a liquor. That we can add to his profits, and I can get I can be his wholesaler. So we're gonna hook that up later. And if anybody else out there is a veteran and wants their own brand of alcohol, get hold of me. Yeah, I, I want to call. I want yeah, bourbon, full house, something, whiskey, full, something, house, full house whiskey, yeah, full house whiskey. Right? So we can have liquor in the front, and yep. you know, I already got the distiller and everything lined up for you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and I can be the wholesaler because I already got my I'm getting my wholesale license right now, so I can be the one selling it to specs and everybody else. So we're good. Right on. But one of the, one of the great things that actually happened for us during 2020, we've grown a friendship both per- personally as well as as an organization with Adam Berry. He's a he's actually currently an active guard soldier, but he's also a country music artist. Um, he tours all over tours all over Texas, and uh, he pr- approached us back in actually December after performing at BetFest, seeing what we're all about, all that type of thing. And he said, hey, I have this song called Boots on the Ground that we're going to be recording. And we would like you to receive, you know, you as an OP veteran mm-hmm. to receive all the proceeds to that song. And this song is a very, very powerful song. It really tells the story of bridging the gap from one generation of veteran to the next. And, th- and that's ultimately what our organization is about is building connection right so by downloading that song across you know all the all the different musical platforms that's available on apple i or apple itunes amazon spotify all that type of thing op veteran receives all the proceeds for that download so nice that's a you know 99 cent way to support us and it also supports a an amazing veteran music artist so by all means download boots on the ground 
And we'll make sure everybody that link, we'll get the links up for the different organ, like you saying, the different downloadable sites that you can do it. I'm actually right now on Amazon, my Amazon I'm using it. I'm getting ready to download it right now. The point here is guys, listen, OP veteran is out there. Denny's part of it. He's a, it's an amazing event. If you're a veteran or a veteran owned business or a nonprofit, and you, even if you're a startup and you can't afford to be a sponsor, Denny will make room for you out there. So reach out, get involved, start networking, building your network out, getting things done. You'll be able to meet me there. I'll be there. We'll do all that stuff. Get all lined up and help you out. I know Denny's got a lot of context too. So he's a good reference and a good resource for you as a veteran, especially if you're in central Texas or in the area down here where he can work with you. So he's a great guy. So Denny, I want to thank you for being on the show, brother. It's been a long time. I haven't seen you in a while. And I'm glad you know you're doing okay with your other stuff. So that's good. And give my best to the wife and kids and we'll see what has going on, man. It right, sounds good, brother, man. I miss your face. Yeah, yeah, man. You'll see me. Though. I'll be back. I'll be at the Vet Fest for sure. The OP Vet Fest 5. I'll be there. I'm going to be a sponsor again, so you're good. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right, brother. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Hope you all got something out of this podcast today. Please tell a battle buddy about us and stay tuned for our upcoming podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at www.veteransbereal.com. Support us because we got your back. Till next time, everyone. I'm out of here. Oh,